Hey, well, good morning and welcome to week four of our series, Church in the Wild. I'm glad you guys are here today. Man, I believe God's going to say something to you today that maybe you've heard before. Or maybe he's going to remind you of something that you've never, or maybe something you've never heard before. But he's going to remind you, he's going to do something in you today that, that, that only he can do. I'm so thankful that you, you're here today. And I have a confession to make. Man, I get so worried. Um, I get so worried about all the things that our church, I worry about the things of, that, that really don't even matter sometimes. I get, I get distracted by the lights. I get distracted by the, by the sounds. I get distracted by all the things. I get distracted by the live feed. I get distracted by all the things. But the thing that matters the most is the people. The thing that matters is the most to people. So you're here today and you are the thing that matters the most to God. And, and God isn't in heaven worried about the lights and the life feed and all those things. God's consumed with you. And God wants to do something in your life today. You are a big deal to God. And I'm glad you're here today. Chelsea said something that was so powerful today. But I hope that none of you guys feel like you're too far away from God. Or you feel like you've done things to disqualify you from the love of God. Because you haven't. God loves you immeasurably more. He loves you way beyond what you can imagine or think. And I want, hopefully you'll sense that today and that you'll experience the love of Jesus in a way this week that you've never, ever experienced before. I'm glad you're back today. I'm thankful for all of you guys that serve in our, in our preschool ministry. Our preschool is zero to four. It is now open. We haven't been open yet. And then in el our elementary, our kindergarten up, it will open up in September. And we're super thankful for all of our Dream Team members that serve in all those areas. We're glad you're back. Some of you guys not, haven't been back. Since, co since the COVID-19's inception, but I'm glad you're back today. And I hope that God does something in you and through you today that only he can do. And it's just better when you're here with us. And so you, you're a big deal to God, you're a big deal to us. And I want to preach a word to you today um, um, from the book of Matthew. Before I get there, I want to catch you guys up. We've been in a series called Church in the Wild. And so I hope you'll come back next week because we're going to finish up our series on that. A couple things I want you to know about is next week is baptism. If you, if you haven't been baptized yet, you ought to get baptized. And if you don't know anything about baptism, you ought to reach out to someone. Um, you can go right to the website, hopeintergarden.com, and click on events. And you can register for baptism. We'd love to discuss with you what it means to follow Christ um, and, and, and believer's baptism. It is the step after you're saved, after you trust Christ as your Savior, you should get baptized. And if you need a good reason to get baptized, I'll give you one good reason. Jesus got baptized. I don't know if there's a better reason than Jesus got baptized. And uh, usually that's my answer for everything, like Jesus. And so Jesus got baptized. You ought to get baptized. Uh, community groups are opening up. You can go to hopewintergarden.com, click on groups. Groups open up soon. I see some of our group leaders all across the way. This is going to be a really, really good group season. I hope that you'll jump in. we got a lot of we got a lot of groups for you to choose from. You can be in the person, on a, in person, in a group, or you can be online in a group. But we hope you get in a group because here's what we know. I'll preach this to you next week. But we're better when we're together. We're better when we're in, we're in relationship with each other. And you're like, why would I need, if you like need a good reason to get in a community group, I'll give you one good reason. You guessed it. Jesus was in the community group, okay. And so, if you're not in a community group, you can't be like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? He rolled with three guys, and that group turned to twelve, and he had an inner circle. And we just believe you ought to be in a group. Hey, here's what we believe: we believe that God has called us to be a church in the wild. I believe He's called us to do that, and that our time is right now. There's no better time than right now. I went through the book of Esther a few months ago, and Jesus told, or God told Esther, Esther, now is your moment. I believe now is the church's moment. We were made for this moment. We all have a part to play. What we do today, it affects tomorrow. What you do today, it affects tomorrow. We believe that we have what it takes. I believe you have what it takes. You have the gifting that it takes. You have the resources that it takes. We all have the gifting, the resources. You have the time, the talent, the treasure. We have what it takes. We are the church in the wild. And I believe that. And so we've put some tangible, we've, we've put some legs to that phrase, we are the, we are the church in the wild. And, and we're given beyond the walls. What happens here is important. 
But if what happens in here doesn't change what happens out there, then all this is in vain. Because Jesus wants us to come in here. This is a pep rally for us. It's a holy pep rally. He wants to get us cheered up together. He wants to give us some pats on the back. He wants us to gather our resources. And then he wants us to take it out to the streets and reach some people. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to do something with the resources, the time, the talent, the treasure he's given us. He wants us to do something with that. And he, he gives us the great commission to go out there and to preach the world and to teach, teach the gospel. And, and we get to do that. And so we've been trying to cause change around our, around our community. And so we've done thousands and tens upon thousands of meals. And we've helped locally. We've helped nationally. We've helped globally. We've helped start churches. Talked to a friend of mine today. He passed, This week he pastors Purpose Church. I said, man, how's it going? He goes, man, it is so hard. The church is less than a year old. He goes, we're having a hard time making ends meet. And I said, you know what, our church is going to help you. So this week I was able to take out our checkbook and send them a check for $1,000 to help them. Because I believe a church should make it. I believe the church should make it. I believe churches should help other churches, okay. Hopefully you're okay with that. So we are able to help them. And our friends in Kenya, um, they're doing um, what they're doing in Kenya. They've already had church there ahead of us. And, and they need some help. They, they, were, they were robbed over this season, over this COVID season. Like $30,000 worth of stuff taken from them. The good news is a lot of it came back. But they, were, they, had, they had a deficit of what didn't come back. That was $12,000. And we were able to send them a check this week for $2,000. Because we want to help. We believe churches should help churches. Also this week, um, our friend from Tanzania, she's getting, our friend from Tanzania, she was here last week. Um, she was, she's in Tanzania. God told her to go to Mombasa. And when they tried to get into Mombasa a decade ago, they wouldn't let her in. So they went down to Tanzania. Well, guess what happened? They're kicking her out of Tanzania. And they need resources to get from Tanzania to get up to Mombasa. So we were able to give her a check this week. Because I believe churches should help churches. I believe that our, we should take our resources and they should come in here together. They should multiply. And that we should send them out. And so I'm so thankful for the resources of this church. We are a generous church. So if, you, if you're new to where we've been at, we've, I'm going to catch you up. We've talked about faith the first week. You have to have faith to believe. And you have to have faith to build. If you missed any of the messages, you can go online and watch them. I want to say hi to our online audience today. Week one. Week two, we, we, we preach this message called, it's time to get in the game. It's time to get in the game. I believe that you ought to use your gifts, your talents, and abilities for the kingdom of God. I just believe that. It's in the Bible. And uh, if you're like, man, give me a good reason why I should serve. You guessed it. Jesus served. He said, I didn't come to this earth to be served, but I came to this earth to, to serve. Um, yesterday, a team of people set this place up. Every week, we have people from all over helping serve this and make this church um, run well. We have people today that are hosting online. They don't even live in our city. They're on, on, they live in a different city. They're hosting our service today. But you can serve at this church. It's time to get in the game. Then week three, who's your one? I wore a t-shirt last week. It said, who's your one? I believe this. God has put you on this, on this earth to affect change in someone's life. I believe everyone, every, everyone has a someone. And I'm so thankful that God allowed me to be someone, someone. I believe God has put you on this earth to affect change. Last night I was in Staples picking up a sign, some signage that we were having printed for the church. And this girl was there. I said, hey, how are you? And, I, and she used to come to our youth group a while ago. And she's now out of high school. She's in college. Her name is Iris. And she goes, I love all the things that your church does. I just love that. I work on Sundays. I need to come check out your church. And, and I remember, I started thinking about her story. I got in the car later. I'm like, man, where do I remember that girl from? But she came to our youth group when she was in high school and she got saved. And God changed her life radically. And I believe that God's put us on this earth to affect change in people's life. But I want to change gears today. And here's what I believe. I believe in this world, you either fit in or you'll stand out in this world. You will either fit in or you'll stand out on this earth. And here's what I believe the, 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 where that comes from. The de determiner whether you're going to fit in or stand out, it comes from what's inside of you. I want to talk about your heart today. 
So I want to preach a message today. You can write down if you're taking notes. If you're online, you're watching notes. Just write this note down. Just check your heart. I was on the front. Of my, I was on. A, I was on the phone with my friend Colin today. It was really funny because he just FaceTimed me on my tablet right before I started preaching today, and he said, "Man, how's your heart? How's your heart doing in this season?" And I want to ask you the same question today. How's your, how's your heart? Like, where's your, where's your heart at? If you have a Bible, Matthew chapter five. Um, is a really, really cool passage of scripture, and I'm not going to preach it before because we did a whole series on this just last year called Salt and Light. But Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, the Bible says, you are the salt of the earth, and, um, or some, maybe your translation says you are the Lowry's of the earth, or you are the adobo of the earth. I don't know what translation, or you're the pink Himalayan salt of the earth. I don't know what kind of salt you're into. And, but the Bible says you are the salt of the earth. What good is it if salt, what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Depending on where you're from, what good is it if it's lost its flavor, you know? What good is salt if it's lost its, lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? No, you can't. It will be thrown out. It will be trampled underfoot as worthless. The Bible says this, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. If you're around me long enough, I, Dustin walked in today and they have a, a cute little one-year-old. And she's cute because, not because of him, but because he married up. He outplanned his coverage. And I'm glad that he did that. And beautiful wife, beautiful child. It's kind of, that was my model. I have a beautiful wife and I have beautiful kids. And, and, um, and, and, I, and we've been running together for a long time. But we, if, if you've known me, he's probably in this room outside of my family. He's probably known me the longest over a decade we've been running together. But one of the things that you'll know about me is I love to go out and be the church. I like to, ma- I like to bring the salt. I like to bring the light. I love doing that. But I think sometimes if we get so busy that we're doing all the things that we forget to make sure our heart is right. Or we start doing all the things for all the wrong reasons. And, we, and maybe we start off for a good reason. It was like, man, my God, God told me to do this. God puts in my heart. But then we get busy doing all the things, the giving, the serving, all those things. But then we find out that our heart's not really doing it. We're not doing it because our heart is right. We're doing it for some other wrong reason. And so we talked about faith. you got to have faith. And your faith should look like something. You should go out and do the work and get in the game. And, and you ought to give and serve. And you hear that a lot of this church. A lot of people come to this church and say, I like this church. I say, why? Because you tell us to give. You tell us to serve. You tell us to read your Bible. I'm like, yeah, I tell you all the things that the Bible tells us to go out and do. But I think if you get going so fast and buy into all the things and we have a hope culture and we want you to know God and find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. You get so busy in all the things that we have going on that you forget to make sure your heart is right. If we're going to be a church in the wild, our heart has to be right. Or you'll, just, you'll be doing things in vain. It's important right, for, for Di and I or if you're in leadership here, like we tell our group leaders, hey, make sure your heart's right. And, and when you're a leader leading a group or you're leading a team, it's hard because the enemy comes after you. But you got to always be checking your heart. You know, when I first started doing ministry, I was so excited to do ministry, so excited to do ministry. What I found out this was, was what I was excited about in ministry was this. I was excited to be on the stage and for people to see me talk, to hear me talk. I was excited to get applause of man and as I got into it, I realized it's very little applause. <laughs> it's just a little bit. It's more like, it starts off applause. Like year one, you launch a church, it's like applause, applause, applause. Year two, year three, four, and it's just like, and somewhere between the lines, applauses go from applauses to darts. 
and feel like we're gonna take him out, and and it'd be awesome if the the it'd be awesome if the if the darts were coming from the it would be awesome if the darts were coming from lost people. But it's funny that a lot of the times the darts don't come from lost people; they come from Christians. <laughs> and your heart becomes wounded, and you're like, you know what? And then sometimes I find myself, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna show them. I'm gonna show them, and and God really in this season has really been working on my. He's been working on my heart. I told our team, I said, man, I want you guys to reach the world. I want to reach a lot of people for Christ. But if our hearts aren't right, then this ain't going to work. You guys walk into our kid environment or our student environments or wherever you walk into, if we have leaders with hearts that aren't right, people can see that. People, people, people can sense when people's hearts, we have to do this, we have to do this for the right reason. We had a, Coach Langdon is a football coach in the city. He, used to, he always told me, Wes, we have to keep the main thing, the main thing. When your heart is right, your actions will be right. And so I was reading Matthew chapter 5 and Gabe was telling me, I'm really excited about the message, Pastor Wes. I really like Matthew chapter 5. I'm like, really, the message is not Matthew chapter 5. This is a sermon, by the way. It's called the Sermon on the Mountain. And Jesus is swinging for the fence. Last week you guys left motivated. You left fired up. You are ready to go out and, and reach the world for Christ. And that's the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, Jesus is just dropping bombs. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light. I mean, he's hitting all the things. He's, he's, teaching, he's, te- he's teaching about marriage and adultery. He's teaching about divorce. He's talking about the law. He's talking about, I mean, he's talking about what, being married. And I mean, he is like going through all these things. He's teaching about revenge and loving your enemies. And people are like, yo, we're not interested in loving our enemies. I mean, he is swinging for the fence on this thing. And then I was reading through it and I got to verse 6. I got to chapter 6. And the Bible says this, watch out, Hope Church. Watch out, Christian, follower of Jesus, like new believer, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly. And I was like, ah. And he says here, to be, don't do them in good in publicly to be admired by others. And I was like, oh. For you will lose the reward from your Father, which is in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. Blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have all received what they will get. So he's like, tell them like, hey, because he wants you to give and he wants you to serve. And, he, and Jesus wants us to do all things. He wants you to be in a group. He says, hey, when you do all those things, you should do all those things. But make sure your heart is right when you're doing those things. If you're doing them for the reward, you got your reward on this earth. And he's really challenging them. He's like, hey, the, all those things, they're good things. But if your heart's not right, be very, very careful. And he goes on a little bit further and he says in verse um, 3, he says, but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Some of you guys are like, yo, that's really difficult because they're on the same body. <laughs> he says, give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Now, if you've been in church a long time, you're like, well, we give in public, Wes. You're like, you're like, this must mean that God's telling me to start online giving because it's in private, because it was publicly here. Well, Wes, I, you're saying I'm not supposed to, about to serve in public. Well, how is this pipe and drape, how is this pipe and drape going to get set up? Or if you tell me not to serve in public, how am I going to, I'm serving kids or I'm waving out in the parking lot or I'm serving coffee. How am I not going to, how am I not going to give in public and not serve in public? How are we going to make all this work? And Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to check your heart. I want you to check your heart. And the flip of it is, flip of this, this, of this, this pastor scripture is also true. If you're doing nothing, you also need to check your heart. Because what he's telling us, it's really all about your heart. 
like the, the giving, the serving, what, the, the reason why I do what I do is because God puts it in my heart to do it. And we ought to do the things that God puts in our heart. You know, in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about tithing. It, gives us, it, t- it tells us 10. It's really simple. It's just 10%. It's just times 0.10, all of our math teaching here today. It's just, well, it's just 10%. That's what the Bible teaches that. In the New Testament, the Bible says this. You ought to give out of the abundance of your heart. Over 2,000 times in the New Testament, the Bible talks about giving. I'm not talking about giving today, but here's what I'm telling you. The Bible doesn't talk about giving 2,000 times. He really talks about your heart 2,000 times. Because he says where your heart is, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be at. What you're doing, your actions, what you say, what you do, it comes from your heart. I want to be careful with my kids. My, my daughter's 13. She's like, Dad, I got to have data. 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 I'm like, you don't have to have data. She's like, why don't I have data? So I'm going to give you one reason why you don't have data. Jesus didn't have data. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. It made sense. Like, I could have used it. It would have worked for her. I said, the reason why you don't have data is because data costs money and you don't have a job. <laughs> I love that my kids are going off. How do you pay for that? I'm like, it's called a job. He's over and over. He's like, hey, your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart, it matters. The giving, the serving, the worship, all things, it ought to come from your heart. Your heart, it matters. Your heart matters to God. When Jesus saves you, he didn't save your arm, he didn't save your leg, he didn't save your brain. He saves your heart. Your heart matters to God. Where I find us out so many times is we use our, we, we, we use, we, we, God saves our heart. And then we start getting busy doing all these things. And God's like, hey, I just, I'm so concerned about your heart. Check your heart. This morning you need to check your heart. You need to ask yourself the question and say, why do I do what I do? Why do I go where I go? What comes from your heart? My daughter's like, oh, I want to listen to this and listen to that. I'm like, I got to watch that phone because that phone, if, it's not, if, I don't, if I'm not careful, it's, it'll connect to her heart. Because whatever she sees is going to connect to her heart. Your heart matters today, friend. Check your heart. Relationally, your heart matters. So I want to give you a couple things I think might would help you today. I love Jer- Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33 says this. But this is the new covenant. I will make with all people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put the instructions deep within them and I will write them on their hearts. I was reading this in my devotions this week. And God gave me the coolest imagery. Check this out. He says here, I will write those instructions on their heart. I will be their God. I'm sorry, we'll write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. This is the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the law was on a tablet. But guess what God showed me this week? In the New Testament, what we're living in today, this age of grace, God writes his instructions on our heart. In the Old Testament, it was a tablet, piece of paper, some notes. No problem. But in the in this age we live in today, after the salvation, after we receive salvation, Jesus writes on our heart. Why would I check my heart? Because Jesus is putting things on your heart. If your heart's not right, you can't receive the message God's put on your heart. It would be awesome if Jesus could just text you what he wanted you to do. But I have not seen him text yet. And I've seen those, those, those memes, those gifs, like, we need to talk soon, God. Like, I've seen those. You've seen the billboards. But Jesus wants your heart right. If your heart's not right, you can't hear what he's trying to tell you. I wrote down a few things I think might would help you today. Here they are. Who you are should point to Jesus. Who you are should point to Jesus. Who you are, what, who you are should just, man, when, you, when they, people see her, him, you, they say, man, that, they just, they point to Jesus. There's something different. Irish last night at table, Irish last night at table, she's like, man, I just love your post. I hope that she likes the post, but I hope the post point to Jesus. I hope your post point to Jesus. That's for someone coming up in this November. That was just a pre, that was a pre, pre-message for someone. God's trying to get that out of your heart now. 
I hope your post and who you are points to Jesus. Because he gave his life for you. Here's the second thing. What you do should point to Jesus. Who you are should point to Jesus. And what you do should point to Jesus. Everywhere you go, everything you do. The Bible says whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, it should point to Jesus. He's written instructions on your heart. He gave you salvation by grace, through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then the Bible says he's prepared a work for us to go out and do. Who you are and what you do should point to Jesus. Everything you do should point to Jesus. My friend Ray is here today. And he, Ray came to our church from, to, from, came to a Bible study for us, to a community group. And then from a community group. And now I'm friends with him on Facebook. And everything I see, everything you see on Ray's post, he's always encouraging and inspiring people not to be followers of Ray, but to be followers of Jesus. Who you are and what you do should point to Jesus. Here's why. The world is watching our actions. The world is watching our actions. Jesus is watching our hearts. The world is watching our actions. But Jesus is watching our heart. I play on a, on a, on a softball team. And um, most of the guys act Christ-like on my softball team. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I open a softball team. And I'm like, oh, they, I mean, you can't miss this big, huge Hope Church logo. Like, they're the, we're the Christians. We're the only church team in, in, the, in, the, in the city league. And people are like, why do you do that? I'm like, because I don't like being around Christians. <laughs> it's pretty simple. They're like, they laugh. I'm like, no, I'm serious. I don't like being around Christians. I'd rather go be where, it, I'd rather go where there's a chance to be salt and light at. I'd rather be different, act different, talk different. I want to point people to Jesus. The world is watching our actions. Jesus is watching your heart. And the reason why I say that with you today, because I think sometimes we're like, we do all these things. Diana talked about this this week. Like, we do all these things and be like, man, they must really love Jesus. You can do all these things and not really love Jesus. Well, how do you know? Because I did that for a long time. I was telling someone the story the other day. I was like, I did that for a long time. Like, like when you were like 17, 18, I was like, no. When I was a pastor, I was 27, 28, 29, 30. Last week. Um, I'm kidding. That wasn't last week. But I, got about, I was about 27, 28, and God just said to me clearly, like, hey, you're doing all this for the wrong reason. I'd rather you keep your tithe. I'd rather you keep your serving. I'd rather you, I, was in, I was a full-time pastor. My buddy says like this. He's a full-time pastor, part-time Christian. So he's doing all the things. The world was watching me. The world would say, man, look at that guy. Look at that guy. Man, look at their serving. Look at their giving. Look at the way they set up. All those things, are, they're not bad things. But the world's watching those actions. But Jesus knows your heart. Your heart's right. I said this to you guys last week. It was probably the first time I ever said it to you. But when you serve here, you're not serving Wes and Diana. <laughs> We're not Jesus. You're serving Jesus because he's Jesus. We're serving him. You set up piping drape in the name of Jesus. Stage. None of this is perfect. I'm going to let you guys a little, in on my, a little bit on my OCD. There's supposed to be a curtain on the front of this thing. There's no curtain on here. It's been bothering me for the last 23 minutes. You're like, well, where is it at? That's a good question. I had Nelson look this whole entire place over for the freaking drape. It's not here. You know what I know? It doesn't matter. Because 98% of y'all didn't know it, so I just pointed it out. Which is why my wife's going to tell me later, don't point stuff out that 98% of the people aren't going to notice. I'm like, well, you're gonna, you were going to notice. I'm gonna, it's kind of like me throwing it out there now. Things don't work all the time here. But you know who always works? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus always works. We're here for Jesus. That's what we're here for, church. There's people that, that are that, that are in the city that are dying and going to hell. We're there for them because they need Jesus. 
people say, what are you guys? Are you guys like a non-denominational church? I'm like, no, we're Jesus Church. Because nowadays, non-denominational, that used to be like really cool 20 years ago. But now that means something. I don't want it to mean anything. I want to say, yeah, we're Jesus. We want the world to watch us. And when they watch us, we want what we do and what we say, we want to, who we are, want to point to Jesus. That's who we are. That's what we are. I'm trying to figure out if you need to be a part of this church. I'm trying to figure out why you want to serve or why you, why you give to this church and why you want to be a part of this church. I'm trying to figure out all that. Well, here's a good reason. We're trying to point people to Jesus. That's all we got. What's your doctrinal statement? Our doctrinal statement is we're pointing people to Jesus. <laughs> What do you guys believe about what we believe we should point people to Jesus? That's what we believe. Everything we do points to Jesus. This, you know, we, we believe in tithing in our church. I've said like 10 times. So which means the 10%. Well, our church is a, a church that tithes. Last year we did not tithe. Last year we gave away 20% of what came in. Now somebody, I was talking to a friend of mine, they emailed me, well, that's bad stewardship. Well, this month, this month alone, I just want God to say, hey, let's do things tangibly. So we're not giving away... 10% this month, not 20%. I don't know where we're end the year at. I know this. Our church is on track to do the same giving or better than we did last year. But this month alone, God, we just keep on giving it away. And this month already, we've already given away 30% of what comes in. You know, that doesn't make sense. And I, and I, and I, I was talking to a guy the other day. He's a money guy. He, he coaches me money. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, you know what? I was like, I know it doesn't make sense. But somehow, God always provides. Because for, this is his church. He owns this church. Jesus owns this church. I happen to steward it for a little bit, as long as God will allow me. My buddy called me yesterday. He's a pastor. He's like, honestly, I can't do this anymore. He said, this is so hard. And I said, I started laughing like this. I go, isn't it stupid that we're doing this? He's like, yeah. He's like, I think we got to get our families and move to a resort, not a resort, to a deserted island. I said, I don't know that I won't even want to go there with my family. Diana, yes, but the other four, he's, and they have twins that are my older son's age. And last night we had a slumber party for my year with just one, just one niece. We got rid of a son, and we got rid of our son, and we picked up a, a, a niece. And this is live. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it because I'm gonna say it. You ever do those trade-offs, moms and dads, where like you give away like you just get like the short and the stick whenever you did the whole trade-off thing. You one of those sleepovers, but they're, they're six-year-old girls. Of course they're going to talk all night long. I just, it didn't affect me at all. I don't know why I'm complaining, but they came in the room all night long. I can't sleep. Well, because you're talking. We want to point people to Jesus. I have no idea what any of that has to do with any of it, but I want to make sure we point people to Jesus. If you're watching today, we want to point you to Jesus. Hey, um, here's what we're going to do as a church. If Jesus has our heart, we'll do two things. We're going to live authentic lives. We'll live authentic lives. We'll be who we are on the stage and off the stage. We'll, who we are in the church and out of the church. I saw Brianna this week at the, um, really kind of a bad example for me, honestly. She, I, she's trying to convert me from Starbucks to Piccolo coffee. She's trying to convert me. And Starbucks is like, where have you been at? I'm like, cheating on you with Piccolo coffee. And, and um, I want to be able to go down to Winter Garden and be the same person I'm here today that I'm there there online, everywhere I go, I'm just saying, I want to live an authentic life. We all want to live an authentic life. And here's the second thing. Um, we're going to live spirit-led lives. We're going to live a spirit-led life. Wes, how would I live a spirit-led life? Here's what you do. You've got to be saved. And if you're saved, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is in you. And then to be a spirit-led life, you have to actually obey the spirit when he tells you to do what he tells you to do. You have to obey him now. That's where the obedience comes in. 
giving obedience, serving obedience, reading your Bible, praying obedience, listening to the, the word that he puts on your heart, obedience. All of it is obedience. It's all about Jesus. So if you're here today, um, <laughs> we're glad you're here. We want to give you an opportunity to be saved this morning. Maybe you don't, you've never been saved before. We're going to take communion in just a moment. And, and there's, only one, there's only one qualification for communion. It's salvation. Because we're going to recognize what Christ has done for us on the cross. We're going to remember it and recognize it and remember it and recognize it. And we're going to do that until we die. We're going to keep on, rinse, repeat. Recognize, remember, recognize, remember. Until we die. But there's no need to remember something that you haven't accepted. That makes sense. So in just a moment, we're going to pass communion out and we're going we're gonna to take it together. So if you're watching online today and if you keep your eyes open, I know normally I have you bow your head and close your eyes, but have you keep your, 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 your eyes open today and watch online. If, if you're here today and you don't, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you might be saying, why do I need to trust Christ as my Savior? The reason why you need to trust Christ as your Savior is because Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says that we're all sin, sinners. And because we sin, it separates us from God. You have to admit that today. It's a good time. It's a good, it's good to always admit that. Like that's just, if you'll, if you'll admit that the day you die. And then letter B says, you, I would say A, B, C, you got to believe that Christ on the cross for your sins and he rose again. John chapter 3, verse 16 said that he gave his one only son. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 said that even though you were a sinner, God commended his love towards you. And then letter C, you got to commit your life to Jesus. you got to commit your life to Jesus. And say, Jesus, you can, have, you can have my life. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, then you can be saved. There has to be a moment in your life when you say, you know what, God's Lord. He rules and reigns. Jesus is the, you got to become a point in your life where you say Jesus is the main thing. Like I'm telling you today about our church, you have to recognize that for you as an individual. Jesus is the main thing. So if you're here today and you've never asked Christ as your Savior, or you're watching online and you've never done it before, you just simply just say, Jesus, I, I admit that I've done wrong. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again for my sins. And I'm committing my life to you. That's how you, that's how you become a Christian or become a Christ follower. Let's say put Jesus at the front of everything. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and you say, Wes, that's me. Right where you're at, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Will you just say, dear Jesus, I admit that I've done wrong. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me of all my wrongdoing. I'm committing my life to you. I'm committing my life to you. Please save me. Please change me. Make me new. Today, I'm becoming a child of God. If you're in the building today, would you keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed? I wonder if you'd be so brave today. Anyone in here today that says, no, I've never prayed that prayer, but today I pray and ask Jesus to be my Savior. Would you just slip your hand up real quick, just toss it up to the, to the sky, reach to the roof. No one's looking around, just me. Maybe you're watching online today, you pray that prayer for the first time. Would you, would you message us and let us know that? We'd love to know that. We'd love to celebrate that with you. I invite you all to look this way. Everyone in the room today. If you're watching online today, run and grab some bread and some juice, cracker. Mountain Dew, whatever you got will work. Um, it's not about this, it's about Jesus, and this is pointing to Jesus. So I, I know a lot, some of you guys came in, and I'm so thankful you guys all showed up today. This room gets fuller and fuller. When you walked in today, there's only half the amount of chairs here. You guys kept on showing up. We had more chairs. I'm so thankful our church is growing in the middle of a pandemic. It's amazing. But I wonder if there's anyone who didn't get communion yet. If you just toss your hand up real quick, we're going to bring it out to you. This is, oh, we got front row. If you need one here, in the front row, they're going to get it for you. Just hang tight. Anybody else? And the reason why you don't have one is because you were serving. Thank you for serving today. I fully appreciate your service today. All the way in the front row to Danielle right here. There's one for you right there. And we're going to take the bread first. And if you would roll back that top piece right there. Um, 
would you just take a moment? Would you just thank Jesus for the bread today? Would you just tell him thanks for this bread today, God? Thanks for your body that was broken for me. Would you thank him in your own words? Not aloud. You just, wherever you are, just say, Jesus, thank you for the bread. Thank you for your body that was broken for me. Thank him this morning. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for this bread. Thankful for your body that you bore, that you died on the cross for our sins. When your body was beaten, it was beaten beyond recognition. We're so thankful for it today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take the bread together. And after you've taken the bread, the Bible says the disciples, they were together. They took the bread first. And after they took the bread, they took the cup. Now the cup reminds us of, the, of the Jesus' blood, which by far this is the most weirdest thing that the church does, is drinks the blood of Jesus. But once you're a follower of Jesus, it's not weird. Because you're like, yo, I need this. I needed that blood. I needed that bread. And I need that blood because it changed my life. Would you thank Jesus for the cup this morning? Jesus, thank you for pouring out your blood for us. We're so thankful for that today, Lord. Would you, would, you, would you take this cup today, Lord? Would you allow it to just remember, allow us to remember, to just renew our mind. Remind us to, to remember what you did for us on the cross. May we never, ever forget it today. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you take the cup this morning? Hey, I want to invite you to stand to your feet today. I believe this. We're going to sing Christ be magnified today. Because all we want for our lives, all we want for your life is to be Christ be magnified. That's what we want. And that's why we take the cup today. Because we want all that we say, we want all that we do to magnify God. So let's lift these words up today as loud as we can. out of the bridge that says, I don't bow to idols, that I'll stand strong and worship you. Could you sing that out as loud as you can right now? Come on, let's do it.
more time with some of those words, yeah. Oh, Christ be magnified. You see, oh, Christ be magnified. Just let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. You see, oh, Christ be magnified. The altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. Jesus, would you be, would you allow us to be magnifying you, God. Lord, we get so busy sometimes doing things and we, sometimes we like to magnify ourselves. Lord, we want to have hearts that are right, lives that are right, authentic, spirit-led lives, Lord, and it, it starts in our heart. Lord, you've written some things in our heart, starting with salvation and grace. Lord, we want to live out what you put in our heart. Lord, help us not to, to push that down. Help us to live out the things you put in our heart. We love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. for spending your Sunday morning with us. If you're new with us today, don't forget to fill out our online connect card. You can go to our website at hopewintergarden.com and click on the I'm New tab. Take a minute to fill that out, and then on your way out, stop by the info bar tent, and we'd love to put a small gift in your hand, just a small token of our appreciation for you being here. At Hope Church, one of our core values is that we are generous. If this is your first time with us, please don't feel any obligation to give whatsoever. We're just so glad you're here. If you did come prepared to give today, there are a few different ways that you can do that. You can drop your gift in our offering boxes located in the back of the auditorium. You can give online at hopewintergarden.com or you can text an amount to 84321. Thank you for your generosity. It is truly making a difference in our community and around the world. 